Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone getting going. So much to talk about. Hadn't even gotten into the Tar Heels' second half beatdown of Wake. First half was not necessarily pretty, uh, but we'll get into that coming up. Eight, uh, 8.45, 6.45 here on the Mac and Bone Show. But uh, let's get into the big developments with the Carolina Panthers last night. Dan Morgan is... The G is the president of football ops slash GM that was announced last night, right before six o'clock or so. Were you surprised to hear that, Bo? Uh, I felt like it was kind of trending in that direction. Was I surprised that it dropped at that moment? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay, Panther news. Here we got one of the searches back for now has apparently ended. Um, but no, I wasn't surprised that it happened. I felt that Morgan. Um, in that role, seeing where it was going. We heard the news yesterday. Joe Person had it that he was involved uh, as part of a, a group with the head coach interviews with Nicole Tepper, Christy Ford, and uh, Jim Caldwell was involved. And, and Sport, uh, the guy from um, Sportology was involved as well. So, uh, yeah, I was not shocked at all that he got that gig. I was in the moment, yeah, oh, whoa, but no, not, not overall that he got the job. So, uh, it, it's this. Because they gave him a ritzy title here. They gave him the president of football ops title yeah. as well as GM. Joe Person seems to think there still could be the guy coming that is the link between Morgan and personnel and David Tepper. So, I, like, it kind of threw me off when he was football president of football ops. Because is there something higher than that? Like, are, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right, yeah. So, I, I don't know. You know, um... Albert Breer was saying that, too, yesterday before the Morgan hiring. So I don't know if the front office is complete here. Um, well, in the I, write-ups yesterday, Joe Person, when he was talking in the morning, and then Albert Breer later on, when they were talking about the Panther searches in GMs, the only one they specifically mentioned was Brant Tillis from Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, they so. both, who, who has not gotten, didn't get a second interview here yet. No, so I just you wondered, know? like, they both mentioned him specifically so I wonder if there's something out there that that might be a guy that they're thinking about here. Yeah, um, and I guess if they bring in a guy like that, like a cap analytics guy, I guess Suleiman goes probably, I would guess. It doesn't yeah, seem like there would be need... a need for both of those positions. No, why would you need two of them? Um, I don't know, man. This is one that – I and, and I tweeted out last night, and I didn't even look to see the responses. I'm sure people were on there screaming at me via Twitter. I didn't even I have not even checked my mentions since I sent this tweet. Wilder, out. check Max mentions. Um, but I just simply said I'm happy for Dan. I hope he kills it because personally, I'm very happy for him. Uh, people have seen him bone going back to his Seattle days, his Buffalo days as a future GM in this league. That's the trajectory that he's been on. I'm very happy for him, and I said it in the first segment. I hope he becomes the same sort of rock star as a GM that he was as a player. With that said, I just have a lot of questions about whether or not 
you know, this is the right move by Tepper. It's hard for me not to want a different personnel set of eyes over there at the stadium. Um, now, in fairness to Dan, we don't know what moves Fitterer made that Dan screamed against, right? Some of these bad trades, Dan Morgan might have been pounding on the table. Don't do it. Don't do it, Scott. And Scott did it. It's very hard for us on the outside to sit here and really evaluate Dan Morgan. I think a lot of fans, because I know there are a lot of fans upset on Twitter. I already see it on the text line that think this is a huge mistake and think this is ridiculous. Um, it's hard for us to know, Bone. What did he like? Now, I'll say this. I know for a fact there were a couple of draft picks recently he was touting and they didn't pick him. Like, so it's not like, so I know for a fact he's not getting what he wants all the time. So, um, I just, I, I very mixed emotions today, Bone. I know on the, the Panther Blueprint show, he was touting Jamie Robinson uh, highly during the, uh, so they did take him in the war room. Yeah. He was touting him. And here's the thing. It's complex for us. Cause we've known the guy on a personal level now for about 15 years or so was a regular guest on our show. So as a human being, I'm rooting for that guy wholeheartedly. As I root for this team, I want that dude to become, I want that dude to John Lynch, this operation back where we say, Oh my God, what a job this former player is doing in the front office. And again, yes, it's hard to know what his moves were, but it's also the other side is with how bad it's been, with how little depth they have drafting, with the amount of moves that they made, Fitterer or other people, whatever it was, it, it, it the 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 better thing to do to me would have been to completely clean house and start over. Now was the time. There wasn't a whole lot of good to build off of. Now would have been the time. Clean slate, fresh eyes. I, I'm rooting for Dan, but I, I would have preferred fresh eyes compared to what we saw from the last couple of years. That's that's yeah, that's what I am ex trying to express here as well. Right. Is that they've been so bad from a personnel standpoint and the highest ranking guy was a part of this group. It's just it's it's an eyebrow raiser and I get why fans are freaking out and I'm sure it sucks for fans too. fans love Dan Morgan as well. This guy gave so much to this franchise when he played. I mean, I was afraid bone. He was giving up his mental well-being, the amount of concussions he had. And thankfully, he's great in that respect and he's good to go. Remember, he brought but, us uh, he brought us to his restaurant at one point. You and I brought us to cheese most. Had, had pizza there, right? Uh, um, that was, uh, yeah, that was an establishment right there. I don't forget free pizza. <laughs> hey, wait a second. When's JJ taking us out? <laughs> JJ's got it. Where's JJ's pizza place, man? <laughs> JJ's Pizzeria needs Chuck to e. become Cheese. a thing. Chuck E. Cheese with the kids, probably. <laughs> but uh, it's also interesting, too, Bone, that they enlist Sportsology, a search firm. And uh, by all accounts, they were working with them on the coach and GM side. And you hired a search firm just to promote the assistant GM? Yeah, it doesn't. It there's doesn't. no. There's no. Again, um, I like Dan Morgan, but there's nobody better out there. There's nobody worthy out there. So I get it why fans are skeptical about this. This I don't think in the near future this is going to help Tepper with fans. I think this one is going to be. I think the majority of fans, Bone, are going to look at this like really. Uh, and I'll I will say, say one thing: uh, a pro Dan Morgan point that uh, Bailey and I were talking about last night back during the Hornets pregame show because we ended up talking about Dan Morgan uh, for a while before the Timberwolves game. It's not just that he – we have to remember that he's been in front offices now for 14 years. It wasn't like he just got here and this was his first run at it and it's like, oh, my God, what's going on? He was in Seattle for a really long time, and he went to Buffalo in a personnel role for a couple of years as well. So I have to remember, too, that he's not necessarily new to the scene. He does have 
a decade and a half in front offices. So he does have more than just working here. And that, and, and that's why I said he was – the whole league saw him as a future GM. The trajectory he was on, the whole league believed this guy will be a GM at some point. Um, so, yeah, there are credentials there. Um I don't know. He's just so linked with Scott Fitter. You know, they worked together for, for 11 total years. Eight in Seattle and three here. So it's just, do you guys think that much alike? I know that that, that they're great friends. But it's, yeah. just, it's just one where it's just we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to hope for the best. But it's a bit it's a bit of an eyebrow raiser. Like keeping Dan to me made sense. Not having a personnel guy over top of him at all. Feels like there's some risk there. But again, we don't know. Like, where would the, you get the feeling, Bone? If Dan Morgan was the GM, we would have done things differently than Federer. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I just said earlier, I know for a fact there were two draft picks he was stumping for and they didn't pick him. So, like, that's what we got to tell ourselves is he's not Scott Federer. Like, just because they're buddies and they work together for over a decade total. It's yeah. like the, he has his own ideas about personnel. Man. And he's got a he's got a player perspective, too, that that not every GM's going to have. He played the game. At the, at the highest level, Mac, he had 719 tackles in a Super Bowl. Not many people uh, can say that. Mac, I did hear Dan said, great, great to be here. Uh, still here, uh, Tap. Where's my office? Tap said, you're in it, baby. Pull up a chair right here. It's right next to Tap's desk. <laughs> and that's another thing, too. Uh, regardless of who the GM is, David Tepper needs to step away. And get the hell out of there and let the football people do the yes. work. And I don't know, like, does he respect Dan? Like, is does Dan does Dan form tackle him if he if he if he tries to mess with him, or is this a guy that Tepper feels like, oh, okay, I can I can come in and he can get my feedback. He's used to it. I just I don't know how it's going to work. Maybe Adrian Wilson's there to zone blitz Tepper out of the way of, of, uh, two, of Dan Morgan. Two big hitters. Adrian Wilson's there too, man. Two big hitters in that front office. Uh, anyway, so we'll, so we'll see. I know we're gonna we're gonna talk today about Canales. We're gonna talk today about Avero. We're gonna t- talk today about Dan Quinn. Even like they, those are coaches that he has, you know, relationships with. The guys that he was with in Seattle and Canales and Quinn and, of course, Averro here, Tabor, even if you want to throw him in as well. We do know that uh, Brian Callahan will not be the new Panther head coach. ESPN is reporting it's basically all but a done deal for Brian Callahan to coach the Tennessee Titans. Not the worst thing for the Panthers. Mac, he was kind of down our guys that we were interested in having him coach here. Uh, Slowick was named there as well, interviewing there. So now there's five left. Panthers, Chargers. Seattle, Atlanta, and Washington as the dominoes start to fall. So that that to me right there is it might be a good thing for the Panthers. That that's that's one off the board for for Slowick at least. How about the fact that that Belichick has not heard from anybody else other than one team, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and Atlanta also is interviewing umpteen other people. Is that not interesting? Does it make you, Mag? I know you've got some thoughts on this in the post show yesterday that I thought was interesting. Mike Florio uh, Sunday night mentioned that there is a potential, I will call it a mystery team, involved for Belichick that still has a coach. They have not moved on from their coach. So you wonder, is that playing a factor? Is Belichick eyeing a job that we don't know yet? You had a thought on what possibly it could be. I have one too. Explain. The Buffalo one makes a lot of sense to me yeah. for both parties. Good call. Because what what was the word? What was that report out there? He wants an underachieving team. Check. Talented team. Team he can win with right away. You know he wants that record. You know he's so vain he wants that damn record, right? The all-time wins, right? He can get that in two years easy in Buffalo. 
Um, I, that, that just feels like. And he also, by the way, there's probably a part of him, even though they were smiling at the press conference together, probably a part of him that wouldn't mind beating Robert Kraft's ass. But but is Buffalo going to make a change? They probably should consider it if they could get Belichick, right? Yeah, it reminds me of when Tony Dungy got the Bucks to a certain level, and then they, they brought John Gruden and put him over the top, and it, it worked out. Mac, also, remember how Belichick did the Jets wrong? Uh, back in 1999, they had to handshake the presser. But yeah, he was talking to he was talking to Robert Kraft behind the back of Jets ownership the entire. Day. Would it not be fitting, Mac, if he shakes Robert Kraft's hand and said, "Look, and no compensation involved, right?" He says, "Yeah, just trust me. I'm going. I'm going south. I'm going west. I'm not going to go anywhere in the AFC East. Don't even." No compensation. Uh, yeah, what bygones? Yeah, it's fine. And then he goes to Buffalo just to stick, stick it. Oh, How full Robert, circle would that be? Robert Kraft would be so mad and stressed he would need a massage. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's how mad he would be. At, at that, at that uh, about face from Bill Belichick. Fact, if Belichick wants that wins record, which he does badly, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'll throw it out there again as I have before. What if Andy Reid retires? What if he wins it all and Andy Reid? Yeah, I'm just saying that he's got... Mahomes is there. That defense is really, really good. If if Belichick wants that wins record, Kansas City possibly could be open here at some point. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's an interesting one too. We had mentioned that yesterday. Does he know? I guess you know. Does he know? Yep. That, has, has there been communication always, there that know. Andy Reid's going to retire? Um, but anyway, that would get Andy Reid time to work on his commercials. You know, if he retired from football. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio ninety two point seven WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. All right, let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and let's continue our breakdown of some of the potential Panthers head coach candidates. Let's break down Frank Smith today with Travis Wingfield, the Drive Time host of the Drive Time podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins podcast network. You can also find his work on MiamiDolphins.com. Travis, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I appreciate you having me on today to talk about a, a man that is uh, one of the nicer quarters I've been around in my, my career here, so uh, looking forward to it. Well, I like that. I like nice. I know everybody wants the alpha football guy, but I also <laughs> like some right. nice, too. Like I, w- I would like to be able to speak to that. Is that What do you think? Yeah, no, that's fine. You could be a nice guy okay. as long as you you know get the job done when the duty calls. I, I, I think most people are, anybody who's out on Frank Smith or skeptical of Frank Smith is out because he's not the play caller, right? We had this same conversation with Brian Callahan about him, and then he's since been named the head coach of Tennessee. But Travis, what is the role of Frank Smith within that Miami Dolphins offense? 
Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point you talk about the play calling because Mike McDaniel was the same way there under Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing that you look at the most with Frank Smith is the ability to put together game plans. And not just, you know, a general game plan, but specific things like red zone, third down. He's one of the key guys that Mike McDaniel leans on for designing this offense and putting it in a position where it was number one in the NFL for most of the year before uh, falling off to number two in the last week of the season. But yeah, he's just one of the strongest designers, I would say. And then his ability to fit the scheme to what his players do best. Like this offense was so flexible throughout the year because of injuries. I mean, Tyreek Hill played. I think it was 63% of the snaps offensively. Jalen Waddell played 55% of the snaps. So he had to find roles for, you know, rookie running back like Devon Achan, uh, Raheem Mostert to be his, his red zone production running back with 20, was a 21 total touchdowns he had this year. And just kind of finding a way to mix the offense for what they had available every single week, which I think is one of the most important things for a head coaching candidate or offensive, you know, minded coach in that sense is to be able to maximize your player's skill sets. I think that he was a big part of that, probably number two behind McDaniel in terms of how this offense was built this year. Travis, what was his relationship with uh, Tua like this year? Yeah, they, they, it's, I guess, Daryl Bevel, Frank Smith, and Mike McDaniel were three of the guys I think Tua would point to as guys that really kind of changed the arc of his career. And I think that Frank Smith's ability to communicate with his quarterback and all of his players it's probably the most important thing that he he features in that sense because he just he, he just kind of gets it. He's been around so much football. He's been around some top teams. He coached Drew or was on the same staff that coached Drew Brees for for a few years there in New Orleans. So I think that he understood what Tua's strengths are. Obviously, we all know about Tua's you know I guess we'll call them limitations. Um, but he really just the ability to maximize the strengths at the quarterback position. Like I mentioned in the previous answer, was very evident this year and how they we're able to, you know, find what he likes and do the things that he likes best. Uh, Frank Smith's a big part of that. So when you look at that going going off of that one as well, and we know that Tua doesn't have the most, uh, the strongest of arms, and we know that size-wise he's not the prototypical NFL quarterback, but is that an appropriate comp to compare Tua and Bryce, and would Smith be able to seamlessly work with, you know, Bryce if, if they indeed are, in your opinion? Yeah, I think that, you know, Bryce's ability to navigate the pocket and, and just make more plays scrambling is a big difference in his skill set compared to Tua's. And, you know, you're not the number one pick in a draft if you don't have some proclivity for how you see the field and operate and, and read defenses. And I think that's where the comparison can be made for those two guys because we saw, you know, Bryce's ability to create at Alabama was certainly the, the biggest part of, I think, what made him that high pick. But I think when you kind of open up the, the playbook there and look at what he did best there, and you guys would know more than I would this year with Carolina, but I thought when he was able to play on structure and in time, he was a, a pretty dang good quarterback, which just didn't happen that frequently for the Panthers this year. But I think that there's some comps there, but I think where you get a little bit more interesting and what I would always have always wanted to see from whether it's a Shanahan offense or a Mike McDaniel offense is, they haven't really had that athletic quarterback that can beat you in the running game. And that was kind of the thought with Trey Lance there. But I think that Bryce Young could potentially, you know, expand upon this outside zone scheme that does so well to stretch defenses, not just vertically, but horizontally. And then the ability for the quarterback to kind of keep the ball and come out the backside. That's a big added element. This offense hasn't really had in the past that maybe Bryce Young could give them. And then do you feel like after the Miami game, because I thought that the game plan that Miami had, obviously the weather played into it. They got a bit conservative, but then the way that they performed against some of the top teams was their criticism of this offense when it came to playing high quality competition. 
Yeah, it was just a struggle towards the back end of the year, and obviously a very fun season for us. Really, you know, the, probably the top three teams in AFC in Buffalo, Baltimore, and KC uh, went one by one to end the Dolphins' season this year. But you talk about the game in Kansas City. I think the elements were a big part of that, but also this offense just didn't really have a whole lot of time on the grass together because both Waddle and Mostert got hurt in the Dallas game, which was Week 16, and they their only practice from that game to the playoff game was the one practice the Dolphins had that week because they were coming off of a short week playing on Sunday to Saturday, and they only hit the practice field one time. And you saw Tyreek Hill left practice the week before twice to go tend to his uh, (laughs) burning-down house. So they they were not getting a lot of reps on the grass together. I think that was the biggest reason to me why the offense fluttered down the stretch. Travis Wingfield of MiamiDolphins.com joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking about a potential Panthers head coach candidate in Frank Smith. And Travis, I just wanted to continue to look at the scheme of this Dolphins offense. I know Frank Smith said earlier this year that motion and shifts, it was the bedrock of what they do. Also, I just wanted to know how much play action was involved. Like, What what were some of the things that the Dolphins did so well in order to help themselves with just the, the, the kind of offense that they would run in order to help Tua and in order to help some of their fast receivers on the outside? Yeah, it's a great question. And you, you talked about one of two parts I'll, I'll mention here. Number one is the play-action game because I think Miami probably had the best play-action game in the NFL this year. And this is something that if you guys do wind up having Frank Smith, it'll be a, a philosophy they, they operate with, in the, with with Carolina as well, is they, they come off the football differently than other schemes do. And it's, it's basically – you know, fire off and sell that run action. And then from there, we can kind of pivot into pass pro. And it really stretches that middle portion of the field, which we know, too, uh, you know, is so dynamic with the intermediate passing game going to both Waddle and Tyreek. And that's built off of the play action and running game. So they can, you know, stretch you horizontally with the outside zone scheme, get those linebackers that are, you know, trying to play the hook zone. They're, they're conflicted on whether to play downhill or go back into coverage. And then I think the biggest thing that the Panthers fans could be excited about if this is the hire they make, is just how this scheme, and I think Frank Smith would be would be part of that. They can mitigate pass protection issues that we've seen the Panthers have for a couple of years now, and it's the ball comes out so fast, and the ability to give quick and easy reads that works off of that play action. I don't think any offensive system in the league kind of negates edge rushers like this Dolphins offensive attack, attack did this year. And so, if you're trying to kind of try to steal some yards while you develop and get more personnel that's better talented in, in the building. This is a good way to do it with, with this scheme that has been pretty effective at that, regardless of who the personnel is uh, offensively. Travis Wingfield of MiamiDolphins.com joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And Travis, you were just talking about the offensive line. You were talking about uh, trying to stretch teams horizontally with the zone scheme. And so we know with a lot of the Panthers linemen, that's something that they did not particularly enjoy uh, this season. They felt like they were best served to be able to fire off straight ahead. Now, who knows what the Panthers were doing free agency in the draft, but do you think that that with Panthers offensive linemen already saying that that scheme didn't necessarily fit their skill sets, that that is going to be a plus for Frank Smith bringing that type of scheme here. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think you do have to, as, as a coach, you know, find a way to maximize the, the talent that you do have because you can't just come in there and change the entire 53-man roster your first year. So I, I didn't know about that. That's, that's an interesting dynamic that they have to deal with. Uh, if if they did make that hire in Frank Smith, but I think that you know, in addition to having that rookie quarterback on the or the, the quarterback on the rookie contract affords you obviously more flexibility and free agency. And there's a couple of Dolphins offensive linemen that are going to be free agents this year too. So maybe Frank Smith would bring some of those guys with him <laughs> to Carolina. But mm-hmm. I think I think that if you go back this year, I think you know I talked about the practice time as a big issue for the Dolphins offense. 
I think the next thing that they didn't have all year was kind of a counterpunch, and that was what you saw in some of those big games against you know the more physical playoff-ready football teams that, that beat Miami all year long, was they kind of had a physical element inside that Miami could not match. So I think for the Dolphins this year, one of the keys is going to be getting bigger on the inside, maybe having more of that man-gap scheme where you can kind of just put your head down and run forward. So I think that whether Frank Smith is here or there, I think he knows the value of just how important it is to be able to line up and, and go, you know, mono e mono on the inside. Great rundown of Frank Smith, a potential Panthers head coaching candidate right here uh, being talked about on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. That is the voice of Travis Wingfield. You can find him on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Go check out his content. He's host of the Drive Time podcast, part of the Dolphins podcast network and writer for MiamiDolphins.com. Travis, that was great stuff, man. We really appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Frank Smith, the last uh, breakdown that we just had. Now we can include that alongside a Dave Canales breakdown, also with a Brian Callahan breakdown. Problem is, Callahan's going to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So he's the new head coach of the Titans after they decide to move on from Vrabel. Let's break down some of those comments from Frank Smith or about Frank Smith. Wes, is there anything that you liked in particular about what Travis was speaking to there? Well, obviously, you know, the thing you like about Frank Smith on top is the things that you hear about what a great, you know, guy he is. He talked about how nice he is. You see, when you look up uh, his information, the the relationship he had with Darren Waller and how much players feel like he really, really cares about him. So that's one thing. But, you know, just the style. I mean, he plays that classic style of run the ball, play action passing. Um, and, and so I thought that that was interesting in the similarities between Tua and Bryce being kind of undersized passers, even though Tua's a little bit bigger. But that, you know, he said that he feels like that this scheme would fit Bryce just fine and really going to show showcase his talents and so uh the thing that i was most interested in too though when you look at uh some of the offensive linemen that will be available in free agency and he was talking about uh guys who could come in and, and help immediately like robert hunt who's viewed by many as one of the top guards out there that will be available in free agency and connor williams in some circles is considered the top center that's going to be available in free agency so can he be able to lure one or two of those guys here uh to come play with him in carolina because that would be huge. I mean, those are two of the biggest positions of need here for this offense. Yeah, we have a, f- a couple of members of the text line that are scared of the same thing. Panther Bo said, well, Frank Smith just got hired by the Chargers. Just kidding. <laughs> I really was looking. He got me. Like, for a second, I went to Twitter and I opened up. I started typing Frank Smith. Well, that's the feeling Gas House Earl is rolling with on the on the text line. He said, you guys have on the guest to talk about a possible coach. I start liking them. Then he signs with another team. Please stop. All right. Well, we... Well, what do you want us to talk about? I don't know about? what to do. I don't know what to do because you're right. Like if, if we start liking them, because people are starting to like what Frank Smith is about here, it was a great breakdown of how you were able to utilize the specific skill set that the Miami Dolphins have on their roster and get that offense to thrive. They did thrive for most of the season, and that's why Smith is getting so many looks. You do got to wonder, Walker, like if if Frank Smith goes somewhere else other than Carolina, and let's say it happens today, maybe we have a show curse, and we've got to cancel all our future interviews this week, breaking (laughs) down these head coaching candidates. Maybe so. Because if we interview interview them, talk about them, they're not going to come here to Carolina. We have John McClain on. Legend. Oh, yeah. He's an institution. Yeah. Institution tomorrow to discuss Bobby Slowick. If we talk about Bobby Slowick <laughs> and then he gets hired by 
let's even say the Atlanta Falcons, if they decide not to go with Bill Belichick, that's how I know some funny business would be going on because it, uh, it's, it's not all said and done about Belichick, but they just keep interviewing all the guys that the fans here want the Panthers to interview. Yeah. And then they take away Bobby Slowick from us where people are excited about him. Then the show has become too powerful and we need to find a way to balance <laughs> the force as much well, as we possibly power can. Comes great responsibility. I know both of y'all had to grow up watching the old like NFL top tens on NFL network. Oh right? yeah. It, it was not a legitimate top 10 unless you saw John McClain. Like, like when, when he showed up, you knew it was a legitimate, it was, it was a legitimate list. Yeah, That's that the kind of great. power that man has. Really nice guy too. Yeah. Awesome dude. If you text him, then it's going to be a, speaking of nice, John McClain, Frank Smith, I'm here for all the positivity because John is texting you back. Oh, that'd be great. Let me get back and check my schedule. Would love to be on at this time. If that works for you. It's like, you know what, John, like it, even if you were kind of a jerk to me, I like would understand. So many yeah. people are asking you. So I appreciate John. And he's scheduled to join us tomorrow at 1220 also. I'm the same way if you ever decide to text me, Walker. Very cordial ever text. No, you get <laughs> mad. You get frustrated. And then if I forget something, you ask to, you're criticizing me when I forget the jersey. And you said, I texted him at 430, 430, mm -hmm. like the time matters. So anytime we do text, you're just going to complain about what happens afterwards. I, I did want to mention the Brian Callahan thing real quickly, because uh, all jokes aside, I really did start to like him as a candidate. Would have been more than happy with him as a head coach. Tennessee, they pounced on him, man. So one of the earlier coaches hired, like it, it feels like Wes with all of the excitement, all of the attention going to some of these other offensive coordinators, Smith up there, certainly Slowick. We can go down the line. Callahan was a late riser and then immediately got a job. He was due for a second interview here in Carolina. And it feels like one of those moments where Tennessee just did not want him to go to a second interview. We see this all the time with free agency, right? Don't let them out the door. Don't let yep. them out of the building. If you let them out of the building, you're not going to get them. And then they go sign with another team, despite you maybe having a great conversation. They didn't want Callahan to get out of there. And so they're like, look, before you interview with Carolina, you're going to be the head coach here of this Titans organization. Wes, they were in a little bit of a, they were in a similar uh, situation as we are. They drafted a QB last year too, where he showed you some nice things. Like Will Levis, I think, considering expectations where he was drafted to, I thought performed pretty well. Oh, he looks like a guy that, you know, he keeps on working. Yep. He's going to be a, a really good starting quarterback. And so two teams in Tennessee and Carolina, both teams looking for probably an offensive mind to help groom your young quarterback. Tennessee decided, oh, we like this guy enough to wear it. We're cool waiting it out and not hiring Ben Johnson. We're cool waiting it out, not hiring Bobby Slowick. We need to pounce on him now because I know we like this guy. Should we take anything away from that as Panthers fans? Yeah, uh, I don't think so. I mean, like I said, I felt like with, with the hire Callahan, and we talked about this pre-show, I felt like that if the Panthers really wanted him, I felt like they would have gotten him already. I think that he was an option for him. I think he was a nice option, but I think if they really would have wanted to lock him down, they would have moved quickly to be able to do so. I think one of the guys, or if not their guy, obviously we know Ben Johnson is the apple of their eye, but I feel like they want somebody that's in the playoffs right now, or I feel like this would have been a higher made already. So does that mean no Slowick or Canales? Um, those are interesting ones too. I mean, we still got a lot of week left. 
So I think that if they won't really wanted one of those guys, I think something would get done before the weekend, I would think. I would think. I mean, I don't know how these hiring processes go, how well, long no, they take. It's, it, no, it's not. a. It, it's an interesting point just because you can't interview Ben Johnson right now. Yeah. You did interview him already. I guess you could you could name him that head coach, even the, if there's not an interview. The Baltimore I, guys. Yeah, the Baltimore guys I don't think are going to get this job. I just don't think they're going defensive-minded, and I don't think Todd Munkin is going to be the guy that gets it over any of the other offensive coordinators. I wouldn't expect that. Um, but it feels like they're waiting for Ben Johnson's availability yeah. and to see if they have a shot. And if they don't have it, then they'll go to Dave and Bobby Slowick. But maybe those guys get hired, too, in the meantime. Maybe so. I, there, there are enough enticing names to where you're going to get a good name anyway, though. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show... Welcome back. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, where Dan Morgan is your GM. Terry Rozier has been traded. The Hornets beat the Timberwolves last night. Uh, Carolina stomped on Wake Forest and not only won another conference game, but won their seventh straight conference game by double digits, something that hasn't been done since the early 90s in Chapel Hill. So we'll get to all that, but let's talk football with Joe Person of The Athletic, the preeminent Carolina Panthers beat writer and a very good friend of ours. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. What's up, buddy? How are you? Big news, Dave, and uh, apparently congratulations are in order. I didn't know about the baby. Oh, I didn't tell you. I'm sorry. I thought I told you. No, I told you. I thought. Come on. Anyway, no. no I, I, I may have forgotten, but congrats again. Uh, that, that's 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 big news. That's the biggest news. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're uh, we're back next week, so uh, thank you for the well wishes. But let, let's get to this. Uh, Joe, Dan Morgan is the general manager of the Panthers. News broke about 22 hours ago. There are some people who love it on my text line. There are some people who detest this move. Um, I don't expect you to fall into one of those two camps, but what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, as this thing went along, it it, it became kind of more and more clear that, that, that David Tepper was going to go a different route. And, and by different, I mean, obviously, he hired an in-house candidate despite uh, working and bringing in an outside consulting firm, so that wasn't different. But this idea that they're going to fo uh, follow the 49ers kind of uh, model, and that's to have a guy in Tepper, or excuse me, in Morgan that runs football, and then a cap contract guy, m more than likely Brand Tillis, unless that deal falls apart. 
from the Chiefs to kind of be the salary cap and contracts guy, much like Samir Suleiman was, uh, no longer as of today. And it, it, like I say, John Lynch and uh, Prague Marath have done it very successfully for the 49ers. Of course, they have a very good roster to work with in San Francisco. But the, the, the thing I like about this potentially is, it, you know, it does kind of insulate Tepper a little bit. It, it gives him kind of a go-between in, in Brant Tillis, who's been on his radar a while, by the way. Brant Tillis interviewed for the job when Scott Fitterer got it three years ago. And so it, it, it maybe, maybe. It, it keeps uh, Tepper's hands out of the, the football business a, a, li- a little more often, uh, a little less often, uh, but but we shall see. That's We've talked about that before, and it hadn't really happened. No, no, no. What, what do we think happened, by the way, with Samir Suleiman? I, I mean, I, I don't know. What, what should we make of the fact that he's gone? Well, I mean, I think it was, you know, kind of like we saw with the with the football staff under Frank Reich. I think there was some self-preservation going on in the front office. And I think we it, it's very clear now today to say that uh, Dan Morgan was successful in, in, in preserving his role and, uh, and, and, in fact, getting a promotion. And Scott Fitter and Samir Suleiman were not. And uh, I, I just think that that's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm told that over the last three years that Tepper has, gotten to be rather fond of, of Dan Morgan. Obviously there's a trust factor that, that he is putting in, in Dan Morgan. I think somebody told me that he likes the fact Tepper does that, that Dan Morgan played at a, at the highest level in this league. And so, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, Dan Morgan, it's, it's not like this is being just gifted to him. I mean, he, he did kind of work his way up the scouting ladder in Seattle he had three very important years in Buffalo with Brandon Bean, who who I have to think is one of the best executives and talent evaluators in the league, and um, and 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 then the last uh, three years here with Scott Fitter. I'm a little surprised. You know, you don't often see two and fifteen seasons leading to promotions, but again, if you kind of look at it through the lens of okay, well, he's going to do football, but they really are hiring another an outside person to kind of be the, you know, the second half of, of this two-headed monster, so to speak, then maybe it's a little more palatable. we got Joe Person, the athletic. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So, I mean, this is, we assume that, in part, I think Dan Morgan got this job because, you know, he's all in on Bryce Young, right? I would think that's a big part of it. What about the Dave Canales stuff? I mean, here's a guy who's very quickly garnered a reputation, Joe, as being something of a quarterback whisperer, at least his, his work last year with Geno, this year with Baker. Um, I saw you tweeting about this earlier. How serious is the Canales stuff, and what would you make of that hire if it came to fruition? Yeah, I think it is definitely gaining momentum, and I think that is indicative, too, that, that what, what, where the Panthers feel they are on the Ben Johnson pecking order. And it, you know, it, it, we may see them. Not saying this is definitely going to happen, but you could see a scenario where what, what we saw with in Nashville yesterday, where where the Titans were like, you know, a lot of people are taking these jobs. These jobs are filling up. We we like in in this in the Titans uh, scenario, Brian Callahan. The Panthers liked him too, by the way. And so we're we're not going to let him out of the building. Could that happen here? Yeah, it might, especially if 
Ben Johnson's people are saying, look, you know, we're, we're heading either to Washington or Atlanta or wherever the case may be. Uh, certainly all signs seem to be pointing Ben Johnson toward, toward Washington and the commanders. So, yeah, I mean, there's the obvious connection between uh, Dan Morgan and Dave Canales in Seattle. My, you asked me what I would think about it. I, I, I like, you know, a lot of the things I've heard about him being a leader of men. That has been a, a kind of a hot kind of a hot trend, if you will. Uh, you know, that was Steve Wilkes really last year. You know, I know he had a defensive background, but, but you know, we've seen that with Antonio Pierce, with the Raiders kind of going that direction. And certainly Canales' uh, leadership, you know, might trump his experience as an offense coordinator. He's played, I mean, he's called plays one year in this league. And, and granted, he's done a good job as quarterback's coach with, with, with Geno Smith in Seattle and then obviously Baker this year. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you come out of this with, with, with Dave Canales and Dan Morgan and, uh, and, and Brant Tillis, you know, are you, are you, you know, throwing a parade? I, I don't know. I, 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 I'd have to be sold a little more on Dave, Dave Canales. I, yeah, I'm right there with you on that. Um, as far as their off season priorities go, Joe, now that we know who the general manager is uh, is going to be moving forward, there's Brian Burns, there's Frankie Louvu. I think any organization would be wise to get Derek Brown done, especially in light of not doing so with Brian Burns. Uh, they, they need to find some help on the offensive side. Now that we know who the guy is in that seat, what what do you expect the priorities will be this offseason, or what stories are you most closely monitoring? Well, I mean, I, just like you said, I mean, Dan Morgan has a defensive background, and that doesn't mean he's only going to prioritize defensive guys. But it just so happens the three biggest free agents for these guys, or Derek Brown's not a free agent, but uh, obviously getting there, are Burns, Luvu, and Derek Brown. So yeah, I, I, I would I would seriously consider uh, you know dealing Brian Burns as as tough a pill as that might be to swallow the fan base. I mean, Burns is a terrific locker room guy. You're not going to get what the what the Rams offered in 2022. Obviously, that that ship has sailed. But uh, you know, if you're trying to tell a head coach like you know this is not going to be three year rebuild, then you got to give them a little ammo to work with. And 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 Brian Burns, you know, is, is really the only chip they have to to potentially get a first round pick. You know, to to hand it to Dan Morgan and and whoever this next coach is. So. That would be a priority to me to, to, to really research that, see if what you can get for Brian Burns, and then the development of Bryce Young. What can you, Dave Canales, just since we're talking about him, or Bobby Slowick, or Ben Johnson, if they get back in, how are you going to take Bryce Young to a different level than what we saw his rookie year? Because that is the you know $300 million question uh, where, where the Panthers are concerned, because we saw it last week with with CJ Stroud tearing it up in a playoff game and you know I, Bryce Young didn't become bad at football uh you know there are you know certainly there were some red flags along the way but I think scheme can and and the right scheme can go a long long way to getting things corrected or at least getting Bryce pointed back in a good direction. I, I like that. I like it a lot. Uh, we got Joe Person, the athletic, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, one of our listeners just asked. He said, uh, "Hey KB, any idea what happened with Frank Smith and Bobby Slowick? 
Uh, I got Sean Salisbury coming up in the five o'clock hour from Houston to talk about Slowick in particular. But do you get the sense that he's still on the radar? Because he's, I mean, I think all these unproven coordinators are the same in a sense, Joe. But I am intrigued by Slowick given what they just accomplished down there. Yeah, I am too. I, I answered a question on on X or Twitter just an hour ago. This same kind of question, and it, like this is you know, like that first round of interviews. Every team around the league that got an opening was, "Hey, we are completed an interview with this candidate and that candidate," and it, it's looking very transparent and and all and you know all like this. Well, now this week especially with the in-person interviews and with the maneuvering that's going on, you're not seeing that anymore because the situation like Brian Callahan yesterday in Nashville is why it's because they figured out like if he gets out of the building and Dave Tepper and and Jim Caldwell, by the way, who I heard was really pushing the Callahan uh, uh, shift because uh, Caldwell had hired Callahan in Detroit. At any rate, you know, they were, they were afraid they were going to lose him and that Dave Tepper was going to make Callahan an offer he couldn't resist. So I just think our guys like Mike McDonald, excuse me, Todd McDonald, and or, I'm getting it all. <laughs> Monkin and McDonald. Let's go Monkin and McDonald. Frank Smith, are they out of it? Is Slowick out of it? I don't know. I mean, I, you hadn't heard much buzz about them, but, but, you know, there could be behind the scenes maneuvering. Yeah. Joe, you're the best. Thank you, brother. As always, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Congrats again. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.